1: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See
0: website for details. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC Terms and Conditions Supply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com.
1: It's my little escape.
0: Now Judy's the life of the party.
1: Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon.
0: Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. we're prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Holy cow, Broncos country, what a mess. The Denver Broncos have climbed into a hole. And, well, they continue to dig down. And dig down and dig down and... Right when you think that they've hit rock bottom, they continue to go just a little lower. I want to dive into that as we look at some of those things. What went wrong against the Indianapolis Colts? How do they fix it against the Cleveland Browns? And what was the breaking news that Vic Fangio told Broncos country today? Let's get into that on this edition of Broncos on the Rocks. Hope everybody's having a good day, good night, good evening. My name is Luke Patterson. This is Broncos on the Rocks, presented to you by Mile High Report and SB Nation. And it's really simple if you're the Denver Broncos. It's really simple if you're John Elway. You have an option. You can go down one of two roads. That's either embracing the Broncos, need a total rebuild, or you can keep things the same, status quo, and head into what I like to call football purgatory. I want to dive into what went wrong against the Colts, Where do the Broncos go from here? And what in the world can we expect out of the Cleveland Browns and Denver Broncos on Sunday? First things first, you've got to look at the impending trade deadline that is going to be Tuesday at 2 p.m. Mountain time. And the big question in Broncos country right now, and I posted it on Twitter, at Mile High Report, at Luke Patterson LP, will Chris Harris Jr. be dealt And right now, most of Broncos country is saying no, absolutely not. He is going to be a Bronco. I'm looking at a poll right now. 64% of Broncos country thinks that he will be a Bronco by tomorrow afternoon. 36% of course says that he will land elsewhere. Of course, it is no secret that the Philadelphia Eagles are very interested in Chris Harris Jr., especially losing out on the Jalen Ramsey trade. Um, They're... Obviously, a contender in the NFC and a cornerback would definitely be something worth trading for. But if you're John Elway, are you willing to let Chris Harris Jr. go? You almost have to be. Because if you don't trade him, you're not going to get anything for him. He's not going to stay here in Denver, folks. I hate to break that news to you. But that bird, that bridge has been burnt. And right now, it's set up in Chris Harris Jr.'s contract that... He can't technically renegotiate with the Broncos during the season. Which means if Chris Harris Jr. is not traded, he's walking at the end of the year. And the Denver Broncos will receive nothing in return. Now, Broncos country, I love you guys. You're the most educated fan base in all of the NFL. You think with your brain and your heart, which is why I implore all of you to think about the logic. Don't think with your heart with a 2-6 and six football team. Because this football team is fractured. And it's not just fractured because of Emmanuel Sanders. The guy is gone. He's having success in San Francisco. There were reports that there were uh, locker room disagreements, shouting matches, and those are gone. But instead, you have Cool Joe Flacco coming out pretty much dogging offensive coordinator Rich Gangarillo and Vic Fangio for... Not going for it. Not trying to seal up the win. Specifically in this Indianapolis Colts game. And I got to tell you, I got mixed feelings on it. First things first, Cool Joe Flacco, well, he didn't seem too cool to me. Because it's been the same old story. He seemed a little saltier. He seemed a little uh, snarky. But when he says that we're playing like we're afraid to lose... I think he's exactly right. And for all of Broncos country, including myself, that wanted Joe Flacco to show a little bit of emotion, well, we got that last night. And something that's very interesting to me is as soon as the guy shows a little bit of emotion, he's getting dogged on Twitter. Now, that's going to come with the territory when you're not playing well because Joe Flacco is not playing good football. But Philip Lindsey reiterated the same message that Joe Flacco did. Derek Wolf reiterated the same message that Joe Flacco did. All of those Broncos in the locker room supported Joe Flacco. And when Joe Flacco is coming out as the recognized leader of the team. Now, I may not recognize him as a leader. Broncos country may not recognize him as a leader. But when the locker room recognizes Joe Flacco as that leader, then you've got to believe him. And Joe Flacco is speaking for the locker room when he is out there saying those things. He's essentially apologizing to the defense for putting him in a bad spot because that's exactly what the Denver Broncos continue to do week in and week out. So, if you're John Elway, you've got some decisions to make. Are you going to trade Chris Harris Jr.? Are you going to trade Vaughn Miller? Vaughn Miller, who had a decent day by the, by the way, Six tackles, one and a half sacks, three and a half of those were tackles for loss. Chris Harris Jr. also had an awesome day, wrapping up the day with three tackles, one pass deflection. But Chris Harris Jr. is a lockdown corner. He limited T.Y. Hilton to two catches for 54 yards. So if you're John Elway, you got to figure out what you're doing with these players. Are you going to make it work with Vaughn Miller or do you need to ship him out? Chris, Chris needs to go, and it was reported that Chris is expecting an infant any moment, a baby, a new baby coming into the world, congratulations to Chris Harris Jr. and his wife, so ideally this is not a good time for Chris to get traded, and Chris told Jeff Legwald that this last week was one of the most stressful weeks of his life, not knowing the future, not knowing where he would be. Von Miller also expressed a very emotional uh, side that we really don't see a Vaughn and that was a video that you can find on Facebook on Twitter YouTube uh, post game interaction with some of the press and he basically summed up that him and Chris hugged it out and they almost felt like that that was it that Indianap- Indianapolis Colts game is going to be the last game that you see Vaughn Miller and Chris Harris Jr. together and that could very well be the truth but we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, there are reports that the Broncos aren't interested in trading Chris, but deals get done at deadlines, folks. That's that simple. Um Every man has a price, especially in the NFL. And John Elway may be stubborn, but John Elway is not a fool. I'm very curious to see what he is going to do moving into the trade deadline at 2 p.m., uh, there are also talks about trading for Derek Wolf. Right now, I would actually leave Derek Wolf. and here's why. I think he is not only one of your fan favorites, but he's one of those Broncos that you need to lock up for life. I do understand that this contract is coming up, and he will be done. And I, I think that maybe Derek – I don't know. I don't know Derek Wolf personally, but I do know that he's trained MMA. I know that he has an infant baby. Maybe Derek calls it after this year. I don't know. It's hard to say. But for Derek Wolf, you're probably looking at a 7th round or 6th round draft pick. And to me, that's just not worth getting rid of a guy that's producing like he does. Speaking of Derek Wolf, i got to give a huge shout-out to the defensive line for the Denver Broncos. Because they absolutely took it towards the Colts offensive line. A Colts offensive line that is absolutely nasty with Anthony Costanzo at left tackle, and one of my favorites, Quentin Nelson at left guard. Quentin Nelson got exposed in a way by Shelby Harris and others that I have not seen. Shelby Harris was able to turn his hips, was able to get after uh, Jacoby Brissett a few times. And you know what? I loved seeing that because that's telling me that there's heart, there's fight. When your big dogs are fighting like that on the defensive line, that's something good and that's something worth looking at. Now, in a rebuild mode, post-trade talks, what else do you have to do? Well, you need to eliminate your problems. And for the love of the Lord, I cannot figure out why Garrett Bowles continues to be trotted out there at left tackle. Now, I don't think he got a holding penalty, but he might as well have. Because that bull rush that Justin Houston, defensive end, of the Indianapolis Colts did to Garrett Bowles was absolutely devastating. Put Garrett Bowles on his back, sacked against Joe Flacco. It's just, it blows my mind to see that Garrett Bowles continues to be trotted out there game after game, and for anyone in Broncos country or the staff or front office to expect anything less than what they're seeing is just foolish. And Vic Fangio was asked, do you plan to keep Garrett Bowles at left tackle? Simple answer, quote, yeah, end quote. So in the past, Vic Fangio has been a little bit more elaborating than a one word answer of yeah. Uh, It almost makes me wonder if that decision is not up to him. And that's an Elway decision because he's the head coach. Vic Fangio needs to take a little bit of ownership over this offense. Because right now, my problem with Vic Fangio, I feel like he's just so honed into the defense that he's letting Rich gangarello and the offense basically do whatever they want on that side of the ball. Now, I don't know whether that's, quote, John's baby. Um, but it, it's just one of those things where I don't feel like Vic Fangio's using his ultimate veto power to get some of these players out of the game, including Garrett Bowles. Now, the biggest news, the biggest news that was dropped today was that Joe Flacco will not be playing against the Cleveland Browns. And this is just something that I wasn't expecting at all. The press conference opened up with uh, Vic Fangio being asked, on his response to Joe Flacco's comments about not being more aggressive. And that was very expected. But second question, you know, is Joe Flacco going to play against the Browns quick? And Vic Fangio says, no, Joe's not going to play this week. He's got a disc or neck injury and he'll definitely miss this week. Then we'll reevaluate after the bye and see where it's at. So who's the starting quarterback for your Denver Broncos. That's going to be Brandon Allen folks. I know. Brandon Allen. It's a tough one to figure out, right? Why? Why? He's an NFL quarterback. He's been the backup quarterback for the Denver Broncos. Why does nobody know this guy? Well, it's because he's never taken a snap in an NFL game. That's a big concern. Now, as soon as Brandon Allen was named the starter, it was asked, you know, how does this affect the backup quarterback with, with Drew Locke or Brett Ripon? And Fangio stated that they need to evaluate that and make the decision. You know, Drew Locke isn't off of IR yet. And Brett Rippon's on the practice squad. So they're going to have to activate one of those guys. Now, Drew Locke hasn't practiced in weeks. The guy is out of football shape, I'm sure. And he is not prepared to play. Brett Rippon, it's hard to say where he's at because I'm not out there at practice. I can't tell. And after all, he's a rookie as well. So, where does that leave the Denver Broncos? Well, it leads them right where they've always been. The quarterback carousel goes round and round. Now, let's talk a little bit about Brandon Allen. Brandon Allen uh, was a very accomplished quarterback, especially his days at Arkansas. Now, Arkansas is where he played ball. I do believe, I, I had read that his father works for the University of Arkansas. Do know that his brother also played at the University of Arkansas quarterback. I think I had saw a line that he is in the league, maybe as a third string practice squad quarterback, but... When you look at Brandon Allen, um, the first thing I like to do is I, w- I want to see what he did at, at college, right? Especially being at Arkansas, being in the SEC, and that's, that's the power conference, right? That's the conference that you see the most spectacular athletes in the NCAA. So when you look at Brandon Allen, who's now 27 years old, this will be his third year in the league, and he's making his first regular snap, how do you... How do you do research on this guy? How do you figure out who he is? Well, you got to let him play. And at the University of Arkansas, he did just that. He made the best of all of his time at Arkansas, piling up some very impressive stats 7,463 passing yards, 64 passing touchdowns, and 26 interceptions. Now, Brandon Allen was originally drafted by the Jacksonville Jaguars in 2016. He was drafted in round six, overall pick 201. Now when he went to the Jacksonville Jaguars, he was the third string quarterback behind Blake Bortles and Chad Henne. He did not make the team was eventually waived and then claimed by Sean McVay and the Los Angeles Rams. Now with the Rams, he was always inactive. He was the third string quarterback behind Jared Goff and Sean Mannion. Well, Cut time came and went for the Los Angeles Rams and I believe it was the Rams – the Rams had released Brandon Allen and then the Broncos had claimed him immediately on September 1st, 2019. And that was something that was really weird for for most of Broncos country to have – Um, Brett Rippon in in camp and Kevin Hogan in camp. And then all of a sudden you see this guy, Brandon Allen, uh, who the Broncos did get to see as the Los Angeles Rams did play against the Denver Broncos uh, to see Brandon Allen come in as a quarterback that nobody really knew about. And he's been your backup uh, the past six, seven weeks. It's, it's been bizarre. It's been a bizarre circumstance because usually the backup quarterback is one of the most popular players on the team. Now, when you look at him, he's six foot one, 217 pounds. He's an average-looking Joe. He's not an average-looking quarterback. He's not a big guy. He doesn't have huge hands. I would read a report saying that he did find a way um, during the, the combine practice to have his hands massaged and have those hands um, stretched out a little bit for measurements and things like that. But when you start to look at who Brandon Allen is as a quarterback – It's easy to tell that he's very athletic. He's able to move around. He's a mobile quarterback, and he's very, very proficient with bootlegs and rollouts. Now, that should be a good sign and a good piece of news for Broncos country because what is the Shanahan offense feature? I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm
0: Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
1: Bootlegs and rollouts. So curious to see how he works into Rich Gangarillo's offense, an offense that by no means resembles the Shanahan offense at this point in time. But in theory, that's the philosophy. So that's what we have to go off of. Um, He's got some arm strength to him. He's able to deliver some sharp passes. Uh, he has the ability to get the ball in some tight windows, specifically in the middle of the field. Now, he because he's so athletic, he's able to set up relatively quickly in the pocket. He doesn't seem to panic when there are defenders in his pa- face and doesn't seem to turn the ball over a whole lot. However, his athleticism tends to get the best of him. If he's feeling pressure, he may feel a little rushed to take off and run. And that's something that you can't do in the NFL. You're not going to last long. Ask Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston, and most recently Cam Newton. Now, Brandon Allen is an unknown. And I think that's ultimately an exciting thing. Because Broncos country has been asking for multiple changes. Now, I know they. I'm still asking for a change at left tackle, not happy there, and we're not getting it. But you know what? You're getting a change at quarterback, Broncos country, and I think that's something to be excited about because in full rebuild mode, you need to see who you have as a quarterback. And it, I guess it starts with Brandon Allen because the fact of the matter is Josh Allen's not Josh Allen. Drew Locke is not ready. He's physically not ready. He's mentally not ready. He needs some time. Now, that time is now for Drew Locke. He needs this week. He needs to be activated. He should be the backup quarterback, and he needs every single rep. Drew Locke, if Drew Locke is not activated as the backup quarterback for Brandon Allen against the Cleveland Browns, Broncos country, you should panic. Because, in my opinion, Drew Locke needs at least a five game sample size to truly evaluate whether or not he can be your quarterback of the future otherwise you're going to be heading into another problem in the 2020 draft a 2020 draft that's featuring a quarterback by the name of Justin Herbert out of Oregon that John Elway has always liked now last year I'm under the impression I'm of the opinion rather that John L.A. would have taken Justin Herbert if he went out. Now, Justin Herbert did not declare for the draft because he wanted to play with his brother at the University of Oregon. His brother, an incoming freshman, I believe a tight end. It was always their dream to play together. So, instead, Herbert will be coming out with Georgia quarterback Jake Fromm and, of course, Alabama sensation Tua tunga Violoa. I can't believe I'm able to say that. After two years, I'm finally able to say that name. But... Drew Locke, he needs to start practicing. We need to see what we have in Brandon Allen. And if Brandon Allen plays well, then you need to keep playing him. But if he doesn't play well, you got to cut him out and get Drew Locke in there. It's that simple. Drew Locke was a second-round quarterback. He needs to play. You have to see what you have in him. Now, I told you a little bit earlier that I took some – exception with Rich Gangarello and his play calling and I really do and one of the biggest reasons I do the Broncos can't convert on third down they were two for 12 on third down against the Colts it's been the same old story with the Denver Broncos they were even in the red zone three times going one for three in the red zone now I tweeted out yesterday, but i just I got to bring it up again. When the Broncos are leading in these categories and still find a way to lose the game, it should be alarming. The Broncos led in total first downs. 21 first downs to the Colts, 19. The refs helped the Broncos a lot yesterday. As the Broncos benefited from first down penalties with 6-3. To total plays, 63-60. Turnovers, the Broncos were able to force a turnover, winning that turnover battle 1-0. to zero. And then you've got total time of possession, and the Broncos locking that up with 30 minutes and 44 seconds as opposed to the Colts, 29 minutes and 16 seconds. So when the Broncos are leading in those statistical categories and still find a way to lose, you have a bad football team. Rich Gangarillo seems to be very much scripted and unable to adjust on the fly. And it's hard to dog the guy for that because he doesn't have any experience doing it. Bottom line, when you don't have any experience in the league calling plays and you're coming as a quarterback coach, you're a quarterback coach and now you're the play caller for the Denver Broncos, there's going to be a learning curve. And unfortunately, I think that gap is just a little too big right now for Rich Gangarello. I think that he's losing confidence, not only in himself, but in his players. As time goes on and how can he not the offensive line with the exception of Dalton Reisner I think is just absolutely abysmal Garrett Bowles you know my opinion of Garrett Bowles Uh, it's just it's awful Connor McGovern he's a he's a guard that's trying to play center Ron Leary um, he's an injured mess that's out there just trying to get in the way And last, but certainly not least, you look at Jawan James, the highest paid offensive tackle in the league. The Denver Broncos owe him $32 million guaranteed. And guess what, folks? He returned from injury yesterday just to get hurt again, and he's out. So how should Rich Gangarillo have any faith in his offense when your starting five isn't even getting it done? You've got good running backs, I'll give you that, in Philip Lindsey and Royce Freeman, both of whom are underutilized. And if Brandon Allen is to have any success this week, Rich Gangarello better incorporate this rushing game. Because we've talked about it before. The rushing game has the ability to camouflage a lot of weaknesses on that offensive line, especially when you have a thunder and lightning combination of Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay. Royce Freeman, of course, log in a touchdown yesterday. Back to back games that he's gotten a Russian touchdown. And Philip Lindsey continues his consistent his consistent athletic play because Philip Lindsey continues to average four point five yards per rush. He's involved in the passing game. He's all go, no quit. And for Brandon Allen, those two running backs need to be major crutches for him as he starts to get comfortable, as he starts to get into a rhythm, as he starts to find his game. Now, Brandon Allen was originally compared to Case Keenum, believe it or not. Uh, Talked to some friends that do scouting portfolios, that go to the Senior Bowl every year. Um, Was told by a couple that he looked more like Brian Hoyer to them. Um, I've heard him described as a gamer. I've heard him described as a career backup quarterback. And a career backup quarterback, to hear anyone described as that who has never taken an NFL snap, I immediately caution anyone to really think about that statement. This guy could be a great career quarterback as a backup when the guy's never taken a snap. I caution Broncos country when you start to look into some of those things, but Rich Gangarello has got to either figure it out or things need to change. One of those possible changes, maybe it's time to relinquish play calling from Rich Gangarello. Let him learn a little bit from Hall of Fame offensive lineman Mike Munchak. Now, Mike Munchak was previously a head coach of the Tennessee Titans, but Broncos country, he's not limited to just the offensive line. This guy knows football. And if you think that Mike Munchak wants to continue to trot out Garrett Bowles at left tackle and expect any different outcome, you're wrong. Mike Munchak has a reputation. Mike Munchak knows football. And maybe under Mike Munchak, the offense looks a little different. After all, the guy's on the field. He's got a pulse on the team. He's able to understand a little bit how these players are interacting with the game flow. He's able to understand the significance of running the ball. And he's able to understand basic football 101. And I think at times those things can escape Vic Fangio. Because he's got a lot on his plate. He's the head coach of a team. He looks very uncomfortable on the sidelines. He's always by himself on the sidelines. And I think it would take a lot of pressure off of Vic Fangio if Mike Munchak were to have an elevated role, maybe as play caller. Now, it was pointed out by Sandy Clough on 104.3 The Fan. I thought it was so interesting. I had to write it down, and I had to actually look it up. Uh, Jim Fossil actually benched a young offensive coordinator in the year 2000. Now, uh, Jim Fossil was coaching for the New York Giants, and he benched a young offensive coordinator by the name of Sean Payton. And that's not to say that um, Rich Scangarello will never be a good offensive coordinator. That That's not to say that Rich Scangarello is going to be the next Sean Payton. But I think Rich Scangarello has a lot to learn, and nobody's teaching him. And I think Mike Munchak can be utilized so much more when you look at the inept ability of the Broncos' offense. Now, so I guess when you start to look at it, we're going to know where this team sits tomorrow. We're going to know... If Chris Harris Jr. is going to be a Denver Bronco, we're going to know if Von Miller's going to remain a Denver Bronco. And bottom line, I'm excited to see some changes on Sunday. You're not going to see the same quarterback. You're not going to see the same offense. I think things are going to change. Brandon Allen's mobile. Now, it's a good thing he's mobile because he might be running for his life, but it's a change in the right direction because it's a not – It's not a change for change's sake. It's a change because, one, Joe Flacco's hurt, and two, this offense isn't working. It's time to try something new. Introduce some new blood, some youth, and an outside perspective and see where that gets you. Ultimately, I'm really excited to see how they do against the Cleveland Browns, especially against Baker Mayfield as he fell to the New England Patriots and the fall for the Cleveland Browns continues into the 2019 season. But the disgusting part that I'm not looking forward to saying this, Denver is a home underdog to a two and five Cleveland Browns team. Think about that for just a second home underdog to a two and five Cleveland Browns team. So Broncos country, as you continue to have these conversations, as you continue to voice your frustration, as you continue to uh, voice your opinion, I just urge you all think with that logic and not that heart because right now at the 2-6 football team, I can assure you there's not a lot of heart on that team. Thank you guys so much for joining me here on this edition of Broncos on the Rocks presented to you by Mile High Report and SB Nation. Please go ahead and go into iTunes, Spotify, look up our our podcast on Mile High Report, give us a review, and be sure to check out milehighreport.com. For all of the latest Broncos news, this is Luke Patterson from Broncos on the Rock, saying, "Always believe in that Mahai magic."